It's time for Honest Reflection in Youth Ministry. The present culture is more established than ever. It's so crushing for many a youth pastor. There's a lot to be learned about youth ministry and even more to be shared. Here's to hoping that this helps. Whether you are 19 and have just started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope that this weekly dose of honesty and humor will help to heal and renew hope for you and yours. Welcome to After 9, the most honest hour in youth ministry. Hello and welcome to After 9. My name is Chad Higgins. And I'm Zach Working. Zach, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing today? I mean, you seem a little sickly today. You're a little, at least like a little slow well, motion. Like, I don't want to judge anybody. It just calling seemed, me out, I'm like the man in the bubble, right? Well, I mean, I just, you got a little, little twitch to your nose, a little bleary-eyed. The like, last couple of episodes, here's the deal. What's the deal? It's springtime. Okay. And Clearly. Um, I'm like uh, the kid... That growing up was always the kid with his inhaler. All right. <laughs> Did you have like a little side holster? Like like like, <laughs> oh. like you were like a forty year old guy with a cell phone in a mall, but you were like the fourteen like, year old guy with the holster. You're like Wyatt, ready. I'm like Wyatt Herb of allergies. <laughs> yeah, you're you're. <laughs> I'll be your Huckleberry. Yeah, you were to say I was gonna say you know, I'll be your Huckleberry. I'm I'm afraid of Huckleberries. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, you doing okay? Like you, I, mean, I got some Claritin in the kitchen. You don't care. I, I don't care. Act like I you care. care. I care for the future of the podcast. I mean, <laughs> I need you to be alive. I need. I need you. That the chair is empty. Not only is is Jesus, you know, missing, but Chad Higgins would be too. You know, keep uh, that empty chair. Well, um, I think I'll, I'll live. Uh, okay, o- Oklahoma in its springtime are not my friends. Well, um, my wife. Wakes when the up. wind comes sweeping down the dust ridden <laughs> plains. My- me and my wife are the same way. Martha, my wife, literally wakes up every morning. She opens her phone. And I, I, don't, I guess she thinks like something's going to be different. But she'll, <laughs> honey, look, no allergies. She has <laughs> the this, air is clear. Yeah, she has this little app on her phone that tells her the weather. Nice, and then like pollen count and tree count and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. And literally every morning, it's I just hear defeat in my wife's voice. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's going to be seventy-seven today, which is great. What is the name of that app? Is it like pollen's going to be high? <laughs> oh no! What is the weather? Per- so first of all, the app has got to be instead of like weather bug, like dust bug or something. <laughs> but like, what is the? There's got to be like a like a. I mean, if we have a 24 hour weather channel stuff, who is the like? I guess not meteorologist, like pollenologist, like just, who's the person, like who's who's the like the botany expert or whatever that's like standing in front of the green screen, okay. like just bringing bad news or whatever. Who's the Gary England <laughs> of pollen count, which is a Oklahoma reference for our Oklahoma friends. Gary England is a legend in the storm chasing world. Yeah. So here's my thing. I like the fact that you immediately went science with it. Oh, where'd you go? <laughs> well, in my in my mind, it's far less technical. Right? Oh, it's less technical. Yeah. I, see, I just assume with all the pollen count, and whatever else, you guys have like the big Higgins spreadsheet. <laughs> like it's just like there's like one wall of your bedroom that's just like marking all the changes, like hoping for like like, like planning vacation years out or whatever. Like, okay, third week in March, we have a chance before it breaks. <laughs> for the cottonwoods drop, right? <laughs> and so. Um, no, for whatever reason, like, I know it's not this, but in my mind, I just assume there's, like, 
you know, some team that's like, there's one dude that's got high allergies, medium allergies, and not a lot of allergies. And then, like, in the morning, they just send all three of those guys outside, and it's like, how are you? <laughs> and they're like, I'm fine. How are you? Oh, kind of bad. And they're like, all right, medium allergies today. <laughs> I just love that there's somebody that's the control. Do they get to know that they're the control? It's yeah. just like, the guy's like, I don't have a lot of allergies, but they give me a cup of coffee, tell me to stand in a field and call them when I feel bad. That's right. That dude's just over there. He's just got, like... <laughs> Latex gloves on and eating peanuts. Yeah. Right? He's like, nothing, nothing, me. nothing gets me. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a weird superhero. <laughs> no allergy, man? No allergy. Yeah. Just nothing, nothing, nothing natural makes him sick. <laughs> Just, That's uh, literally the worst comic ever. I think it's the best comic ever. He's like chasing an e- evil villain into just like this. <laughs> Instead mess. of the allergies chasing him across the field, he chases them. Oh, no. He, he's like really friends. He's good friends with the Crest Toothpaste guy that like gets rid of the, you know, uh, cavity creeps. The kid that loves that comics is the saddest individual ever, right? He's like, the, he, what is that? Or is he the kid with the, you know, the inhalers? Is he young Chad that's like, this guy has everything? Well, I meant that was the same thing. Oh, the saddest <laughs> kid ever was you. Oh, no. That's so. Uh, well, no, you're just like, Ugh, all right. Well. Oh, okay. So, anyways, <laughs> how we went there in this conversation. Well, we were it. talking before the show that so today's episode, I, I think, is one of the, the complaints that we've heard more yeah. often than not. And maybe even voice um, sometimes ourselves. And I'll, sure. maybe this is not true for you. I'll speak for me. There, there is, there is a, a thread running through the youth ministry universe, if we're going to make it comic book characters and galaxies and whatnot. There is a complaint. There is a thread, and and we'll say it this way. And maybe you've said it in nicer ways or more correct ways. But for the honesty, integrity of the After Nine podcast, which is asking the biggest existential questions for youth ministry, I think there is a sentiment that help. I am stuck in a small church. Yeah, like I think I think that is that at the end of the day, some people would tell you that the remedy they need for whatever their After Nine questions are about capacity, giftedness, vocation, whatever, relates to the fact that they feel trapped, stuck, or you know, boxed in by their quote-unquote small church. Sure. And I feel like that's a question that we have to maybe address. And so for some of our audience, I feel like this is the question, like, finally they got to it. And for some of our other listeners, like, this is the question, they were like, no, not me. And so I, I think there, if you listen today, I think there's some things that we're going to talk about that at some point we've all said. Sure. And I think the, the the line of help, I'm trapped. Uh, maybe, maybe you've said it. You know, well, I'm just under resourced. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just I'm I have facilities that are lacking. Right. Uh, you know, my, my my volunteer pool is is not very deep, right. or our our staff team is stretched. I mean, I think there's a lot of very like, you know, very thoughtful, articulate ways to say it. But at the end of the day, the thing that's resonating with you, like 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 pounding your chest, is. I am stuck in this small church. Huh. Yeah, you know, I, w- w- as as we've talked to guys around um, the state and 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 in some other places and on social media and things like that, this is one of these things <clears throat> that continues to come up um, because you know we all have different things that we're facing and that we're we're dealing with, and and I think it looks different on a, on a different level. And so, um, you know, we're going to start this week talking about. Um, I'm stuck in a small church. Uh, next week, we're, we're going to kind of swing the pendulum the other way, though, and we're going to talk a little bit more about, um, okay, I'm at a larger place now. What does that look like for yeah. me? And, and all Help the, get me out of here. <laughs> why can't I go back? Right. right? 
Um, which is really, really funny because a, a lot of uh, myself and a lot of other guys that have been at larger churches, um, I, I think, feel that at times, okay. right? When, when you're like, oh, okay. So there's part of me that just can't believe that. So, that, that's, so that's one of the things that we'll kind of offer up right now is just that, that collectively Chad and I have served at just about every size of church. Um, so, so Chad has, has, has served <laughs> – what did we joke earlier that progressively smaller churches? Yeah, yeah, I continue to. I, I, I've made the journey backwards. Chad, Chad's about most guys are like, man, if I can just get to a bigger place, that next level, man. That I'm next, like, yeah. Every time I'm just like, you know what? No, no, we're going down. Like, like for for as much as I love you and think you are like one of the most talented guys I know, they're kind of moving you down from like the majors to the minor. If if, if attendance of church is like I got majors Tommy and John's right now. And student <laughs> ministry. <laughs> We, we don't know what to do with you. We see a lot of talent in you, but you are clearly on the IR. All might yeah. have been my choice, though. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> see, that was the thing they were waiting to tell you. Right. They were waiting to tell you. Uh, but so for me, I'm, I've bounced around. I like around. that there's a collective we. Like, they're all, like all there's a tribunal. are working together. <laughs> Everything's Trinitarian, man. It's cool. There's three guys that decide your fate. It's great. Uh, no, and I think... Uh, so, so, so for Chad, Chad served in churches of thousands and churches of hundreds. Uh, for myself, I've served in churches of hundreds and churches of almost hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, what do you call that? Like the, 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 the tens? I mean, so uh, I think that we're going to try to bring some collective experience back and forth shared with you all. Uh, but this is kind of our exciting thing. So for this week and for, for the next week, if you have not shared, if you have not shared with After Nine and you have a story related to how you feel about the size of your church, this is your chance to do that. And we want to hear from you, and we will feature it. We will. If it's good, we will share it because folks want to know. And so you can go to afternineministry.com, check out our speak pipe, and leave us a digital voicemail, a, a, a an online place where you can tap record, and you can leave us up to five minutes or multiple five-minute messages of your story, or you can email us in the text version, uh, or if Chad really likes you, he'll let you just call him. He's, he takes calls. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but this is part of the community. I think a lot of the questions that we've asked before are kind of wrapped up in this. And so when we kind of talk forward today, know that this is a, a conversation we want to have together. Like this is this is the part where Zach and Chad don't have all the answers. We're just trying to ask the big questions. So, And, and I think that this, this topic that we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks is it's not a topic that has an answer, to be very honest. Mm. Um, I think that ultimately what we have to be under, able to understand is what are the correct questions that we need to be asking and where is our heart at in this issue? Um, because I think whether you're at a big place or a small place, it ultimately all comes back to our own faithfulness in what God has given us at that time um, and, and how we're functioning in that. And so <clears throat> whether you're at a big small, a big place or a small place, um, I, I believe is irrelevant in this idea mm. of the kingdom. And so um, I, I think it's it's very important for us to begin to ask the correct questions. Um, so the first thing that I kind of want to lead out on okay. is um, I, I like how we've um, structured this question, Zach. I, I like what, where you've come from in, in asking this um, uh, this statement of um, help. I, I'm stuck in a small church because here's what I think all, all of our listeners need to understand is the term small mm. is subjective. Very. Right? Because <laughs> um, for some of our listeners... What is small? Like, I mean, right. yeah. Um, and, and and to be very honest, I don't want us to answer that. Okay. I, I don't want us to give a number. Uh, because the, the truth is, what is a small church to me may not be a small church to you. Mm. Um, but ultimately, I think when we think of help I'm trapped in a small church, it's kind of what you alluded to, right? There are these... 
um, resources, there's these facilities, there's these numbers of volunteers, number of butts in the chairs of students, yeah. all of those kind of things that ultimately I think are we're asking as a youth minister – uh, in some very bad ways, like how does this make me feel about myself? Self, yes, and yes. and I think that that's maybe this I have more capacity than they're giving me. Right. Yeah, um, and, and so I want to push back on us on on, on okay. that in some ways of going okay, where we're at are we are we determining it by the opportunity that God has given us in front of ourselves, or are we just looking at the church across town okay. or in you know the other city that's like man if i could only work small there. in relation to right because if you're in a town that only has four churches then it's very you know like these are the sizes of the churches in town or whatever but you know in a town like where i'm serving or whatever there are like literally more churches than i know right and so like it's just whoever you decide you're going to compare yourself to sure so that's a weird you know in one of the previous episodes that that we talked about um zach you brought up a um a point that has been just running through my mind over the last few months. Um, you talked about the um, scope of a youth minister's influence. Okay. Um, I don't know if you if you remember that. Yeah, that Zach, was... you say a lot of things that you probably don't remember. <laughs> That's true. Um, a lot of things I probably wish I could take back. <laughs> so we were talk- oh, we were talking about count versus capacity, right? right? So we were talking about like, you know, well, these are the kids that were in the chairs on a Sunday or a midweek but there were students that I met with, you know, after school or at school lunches or whatever that maybe didn't come on a Sunday or a midweek, but I very much feel like they're part of my network of ministry. Okay. Sure. Okay. Because I think that a lot of – maybe a lot of our people that are listening, um, you may f- find that you're in this, you know, quote-unquote small church. Yeah. Um, but you may be in a smaller town or your context is a little bit different. Your influence, though, into the lives of the students in yeah. the school may be a lot larger than you ever had thought. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think that there are those kind of things to um, to take into account, right? Because I know a lot of guys that are in smaller towns, True. right, in Oklahoma. The, commu- the community is, you know, 2,000 people, which is smaller than some high schools in – Right. Yeah, your community is smaller than a high school in a different community. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that they look at that, right, and they're like, well, I've got – I just make up a number. they got 15 kids, yeah. right? Um, and and they may look at it and go, well, I'm not as good of a youth pastor as the guy who has 30. And it's right. like that's maybe not true, right? Right. And and um, not that we're trying to judge ourselves against someone else, um, but those 15 students in your town, right, because of the size of it or just the size of your church m- – you may have multiple touches inside that school, yep. and you have access into that school and all those kind of things that um, maybe we overlook, yeah. right? Um, and, and the other thing that I want us to maybe think on, and, and I want to throw this at you because you you have more of the experience at the much smaller church than I have. What are When you were there, Zach, what were some of the great benefits that you had that you maybe don't feel like you even have now at the church that you're at? So um, the the story, the trajectory for me before we go into the break is I served at my home church that was – I'll call it medium-sized church um, in comparison to most of the churches in the area. But then when Karen and I moved to North Carolina to go to seminary stuff, uh, I, I served two summers in two very small churches, um, one kind of in Charlotte, North Carolina, and one just uh, kind of east of, of Raleigh, North Carolina. And both of the youth ministries of these churches were single digits. Um, because the churches themselves, you know, were 
maybe 60 to 70 people. And I feel like that that's a that's a re- reality for a lot of churches. That's kind of, you know, I mean you you know everybody in the church. Everybody knows everybody and if there's strife, everybody knows everybody else's strife or people move on. Isn't uh, isn't just to talk averages. Yeah. Isn't like the average church 100 people? I I think it's 100 or less. Okay. Yeah. I I think I think actually the like probably the border break for like small to medium church instead of being the 4 to 500 people mostly use it's probably 150. Okay. Like I really feel like anything over like 100, 150. Um, like this, this is the the thing that Andy Stanley got in trouble about a few months ago, right. where it was like you know churches of the size or whatever, but like 98 percent of churches are 200 or less. Like so, he was like talking to like the two or the one percent of churches kind gotcha. of thing. Um, and so these these churches were both um, single digits. Like like I was the only the youth minister because the church had monies for a, a summer intern, a pastoral intern, gotcha. and so the pastor at both of the churches. Was like, hey, would you hang out with the young people? And right. I was like, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so in one context, uh, it was uh, over the course of, of a summer where I was like living in the the parsonage at the church right. because the pastor was not, and so like they were like, you can have the house. And I was like, okay, sweet, <laughs> sweet. What they forgot to tell me is that the front half of the house had been remodeled into the church office. Yes. So the back bedroom and like the back kind of hangout living room was mine, but the kitchen, the front two bedrooms had been remodeled into the church office and church kitchen. So on the very first morning of my internship there at the church, uh, I woke up, thank goodness, in my like sweatpants and t-shirt to the church secretary making the morning coffee on a Monday morning. Okay. I was like, hello, <laughs> did not know I had company. <laughs> and so that was uh, my first morning there at the uh, Charlotte Church uh, serving as their pastoral intern, youth minister person. And so <laughs> exciting times, exciting times. Uh, really thankful, super thankful for the opportunities there. Um, but we spent a lot of time, you know, hanging out. Like we did board game nights. Uh, we did pizza nights. Like it, it was a beautiful reminder that sometimes youth ministry is okay being a youth group. I mean, it was just nice to hang out together because they hadn't really had that uh, throughout the school year. Like, there was rarely a youth class, right? Like, it was like morning worship, and then if there was enough, um, they would maybe have like a youth morning class if there was a mom that was really eager to kind of like preach and teach. Um, but they had a youth room, and it had a pool table and a ping pong table, and they had a back kind of 40 acres. Not quite 40, but like it was like, you know, there was like a back acreage of stuff. Right. Uh, so there was like places to run and play. We set up a volleyball net and hung out and did things. And uh, But it, there was, in a really cool way, Chad, there was no pressure to do anything other than to be there with those kids. Because like the knowing expectation of the church was this is a single staff church with volunteer folks, um, a part-time secretary, and then enough monies in the summer to bring in an intern because it was like grant-funded. Um, there was, it took a lot of pressure off of the, the guy I had to be or not be. I just had to be faithful to, to preach and teach and be and, and study and listen. And labor. I, that was the summer Avengers one came out. We went to the Avengers like three times with them. Like cause they all loved it. We just <laughs> went like it was, and that was just part of it. And some of them, sometimes they brought a friend or two. Um, we had, like I said, we, we had board games and stuff at the, at the parsonage, um, Tuesday mornings because it was just kind of the thing that came together that was really sweet. Um, we had multi-generational prayer study stuff. Uh, so that was kind of one of the things that I got to explore as pastoral intern is that on Tuesday mornings, I'll never forget this one morning, we were doing just some spiritual discipline stuff. And so one of the Tuesday mornings, we, we talked about prayer walking, and then we went prayer walking together. Mm-hmm. And there was two girls from the youth group and then three little old ladies in the church because the church was basically yeah. like little old ladies and a couple young families. And we went prayer walking together. Um, and we all laced up our, our new balances and went walking, and that was really special. 
the church in Raleigh that I started at was a, a youth group, youth ministry of exactly four middle school boys. Okay. And those guys, um, for the weeks that I had them, <laughs> it was like, it was like for some people, I am sure, like, imagine the worst possible scenario. Your entire youth ministry is middle school boys, and they are unruly. <laughs> like, these, like, three of the four, I think, were all, like, the grandsons that got brought in um, with their grandparents that were, like, still faithful, but their parents were like, yeah, free Sunday off from watching my kid or whatever. Oh. So me being like, let's talk about the Bible. They were like, <laughs> that was the time that I got educated on what Minecraft was, because oh, okay. all they wanted to talk about was Minecraft. Right. And for the first time in my life, I was like, I need to research what the kids are into because <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. And so that was the, that was the learning and the growth of like, you know, th- these, these guys need me. And, and that's, so we talked in episodes prior, how much like small groups are like, like my like scariest, like they're like spiders to me. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> and so my whole time with them was me and my wife, Karen, when she could be there um, leading this small group of middle school boys. And because they didn't come on their own accord, they were not bringing their friends, right? Sure. Like, it was like, this is it. This is what you have. Right. This is what you have to work with. Don't think about building it because <laughs> they, they're they not interested, right? Like, th- these are not the kids that were like, yeah, I'll bring our friends and Jesus. It was like, it was just like, I was just trying to get them to read their Bible yeah. and just to pray and to know that God loved them and cared about them. Uh, and just, man, just really, really eye-opening stuff. And words like expectations, very different from the place that I serve now, or even the sort of places I served before. Um, but to be in those settings um, was a really comforting kind of reminder that sometimes all you got to do is just be with and be honest and be studied and informed enough to guide them back to Jesus. Right. So That's very cool. When we come back from the break, we'll talk a little bit more of some some practical things, the way that we uh, maybe need to change our mind, change our heart. Um, if you're feeling um, this way of, of help, I'm stuck in a, in a small church, and maybe even some tips to help you uh, grow where you're at and, and develop that uh, to be faithful. Hey, After 9 listeners, Chad and Zach are so excited about what is next, and we want to keep you in the know. If you are not in the After 9 email club, then sign up today at bit.ly slash after 9 email. That's bit.ly slash after 9 email. Each week, Zach and Chad are sending out encouraging words and monthly bonus features. Hear even more hilarious stories and encouraging and honest words about youth ministry. Sign up today at bit.ly slash after 9 email or visit www.after9ministry.com to learn more. Welcome back to After 9. We are talking about help. I'm trapped in a small church. Help! <laughs> help! <laughs> so, Zach, you were telling us a little bit uh, before uh, the, the break of some of the great things that you experienced in working in a smaller church like it that. It revitalized me for youth It was ministry. cool, man. Yeah, man. It sounded like, too, that you got – it was this very, like, um, relational yes. ministry type thing, right? That's I felt like I walked a few miles in a small group leader's shoes that before I might have like been like, this is what a small group leader ought to do and like handed it out like right. a volunteer like application page. I was like, no, man, it was me. Right. <laughs> it was like there was there was not a lot of um, recruitment. Right. But at the same token, like had I been there longer beyond like kind of the internship sure. piece or whatever, there probably should have been. There right. probably should have yeah, been. Yeah. The, uh... Deciding how to split the uh, four middle school boys who one was about to be a ninth grader like, you know, like, you know, 
David, you come, you come later. Like you come, like like you know, Kieran, you <laughs> come at five, and David, you come at five thirty because we're having middle school only and high school time. And yeah. you, sit away from your brother. Sit away from your brother. <laughs> you can't have a middle school ministry and a high school ministry with five kids. It, it would be difficult. I think you could have some focused attention, but I don't know if your Tuesday afternoon hangout with David classifies <laughs> as your high school ministry gathering. <laughs> it's just your guys, right? Like these are your guys, these are your people. Awesome. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Especially when they're like brothers, right? They're brothers, right? <laughs> So, so last week we were talking in high school ministry. You mean your time with David? <laughs> yeah, David and I were talking. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Well, and so that though brings me, I, I think, with where my my mind is on this conversation, though, is I, I think maybe some of the frustration, right, is um, from guys that are at a place, yeah. right, at, at this time in their life. Um, but mentally, they want to do things so differently than yeah. the culture that they're yeah. in, right? That they're like, I've I've read this Doug Fields book, and this is how I'm supposed to do it, and all this kind of deal. I got you two know? years of ideas. <laughs> I got two years of ideas. What happens in the third year? Anyways, um, so yeah, we've we've got all these ideas, and we want it to look like a certain way, and, and we get frustrated in that. So, what are what do you think are some of those like primary frustrations that guys are feeling? So, I think it's all the things that we named in the first half, um, but in a comparative kind of way. So the things, I mean, I think, I think resources, right? Like, I think the first thing is like, if I had stuff, if I either had more money or more stuff, I'd have more kids. We'd have a better ministry. Uh, I think facilities, right? It's like, if I had my own building, like if it wasn't like the, like if it wasn't a classroom, if it was, you know, the building, or if I didn't have to share the gym, like if the gym was all youth all the time, we'd be okay. Or, you know, if we, if we just had like, you know, two rooms instead of one room, cause we are packed. Um, like I, I think some of those are some of the complaints for stuff, but I think at the end of the day, a lot of it is the capacity. I think a lot of youth ministers that are struggling or are crying out, help, I'm stuck, is they feel like they have more to give to more people than the people in front of them. And so I think this is the area that we, um, as, as your After Nine hosts, want to press in and tell you that your call to youth ministry, your vocation of serving young people should not be constrained by the number of butts that are parked in chairs in front of you on a Sunday or a midweek. There are other ways in which you can minister to the young people of your community. And I think that is like, yes, your church may feel small, so it may feel like they are cutting down your big dreams. But if if your goal is to grow as a minister and grow in the ways in which you do ministry, um, that is not bound necessarily by the walls or the, the the facilities or the resources of your church. Sure, you know, you know, I think that um, I think the misconception and maybe the sinfulness in our own heart, whether you're at a medium, large, or small church, um, I, I think at some point, if we're going to be very honest, there's this. Um, um, coveted type mindset okay right this heart that leads us to this place of um feeling like we would do things differently or we would do things better if we were at a larger church right yeah with more resources and better facilities and all that kind of thing and my my encouragement or my challenge to you if you're listening today and you feel that way um, is this, um, God has given you at this time in this place, 
um, the resources that you need to do the job that you have. Yeah. And and I think sometimes we, we go, well, if it was just like this or just like this, and, and I think we can get into that. There's always this what if, right? And yeah. there's always the bigger and there's always there's the always better more. and all there's that kind of There's always deal. more. And, and I think if we're waiting for our complete faithfulness until we're at that like <laughs> next place like there's always going to be that next place yeah and and so i man my encouragement to you is this if you feel like man this episode is some of the things that you're dealing with um my my encouragement to you is is, is this today um continue to be faithful and work as hard as you can wherever you wherever you are and whatever you have whether you have two kids, be the greatest youth minister you possibly can to those, two. to those two kids. Whether they give you a $5 bill at the beginning of your year and go, man, this is what we have. Yeah. Like, I think there has to be a part of us that goes, okay, I can either look at this and go, oh, God, why are, we, why are you doing this? And these people are so stingy and all that. Or I think we can be biblically minded. Yeah. And tr- and as hard as this sounds, right, to go, God, I thank you so much for this $5. Yeah. May you multiply it. May you grow it. And may you as a youth minister be as faithful with that $5 as you possibly can, right? And I know that we're using, like, big analogies and stretching it out and all this kind of stuff. But I think the reality of it is this is... If we're always going to be those people that sit around and think that we could do youth ministry better if we were at another place, yeah. then we're going to find ourselves jumping from place to place and never satisfied. And I think that satisfaction, I mean, more than happiness, even maybe more than contentment, I think that satisfaction, that fullness of calling is only going to be realized when we work out some of the interior issues, the heart issues, the heart struggle. I mean, this this is like the Gideon moment, right? This is the... Um, yeah, you have faith, but do you have the faith trust that God will do that which God has called you to right. do? That God will see to its fulfillment that which God has called you to do? The other day, Zach, me and you were at um, um, a ministry event in Oklahoma City with a bunch of other youth ministers. And I had the opportunity um, to talk to a man. We got some stories. Yeah, yeah we got some stories. Who was telling me a story that... Um, all, all that night I just went home and I could just continue to think about him. Um, this was a guy that I saw such faithfulness in where he was at. Okay. He, um, told me the story, um, about this young lady who gave her life to Christ. Mm. Um, part of his responsibilities at the church that he's at is also driving the van. And this man drives the the this van hundreds of miles every single uh week. Didn't he say it was 180 miles round trip? 180 miles round, round trip, trip every Sunday. Every single yeah, Wednesday and Sunday I think. It put it on, into perfect perspective for me. Um here was a guy that I'm asking these people for their favorite ministry story and we've got a lot of Great silliness. Yeah, great fun stories. And then this guy sits down and immediately puts it in perspective of me of of this. The work that we're about um, can't be about our own success or our own failure because it's far too important for that. Um, 
And so we want to end this episode with allowing you to hear fully this man's story. We hope you enjoy it. Hey, we are with... Tony Cook. Tony Cook, where are you from? Faxon First Baptist Church, Faxon, Oklahoma. Faxon, Oklahoma. All right, so Tony, tell us, what is your favorite student ministry story? My favorite student ministry story it happened in January of this last year. I had given a evangelistic type message that night to the kids, and I was really feeling depressed about it because I had a couple of kids who ha- who hadn't learned, you know, who had come to know Jesus Christ, and at the end of the sermon, they never came forward and stuff. Well, I also drive our stu- our church bus, so I was taking kids home. And my route's kind of huge. I do about 180 miles round trip, um, you know, from the time I leave till the time I get back that night. Every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. I do, yeah. And I was heading from Faxon to Granfield uh, to drop a student off, and I had a girl in our in our church van. She started, she crawled over seats to get to the front to ask how she could be saved. This was a girl I didn't even know wasn't saved, and she accepted Jesus Christ in our church van. That night, it was just an awesome deal because I I knew this girl, but I from what other people had told me, she'd already been saved and then found out she hadn't been saved or baptized, and, but she accepted Jesus Christ right there in the church van, driving down the road from Faxon to Granfield. It was, you know, cool. and stuff. And then she came and she followed in Believer's Baptism that next Sunday. It was just, and ever since then, just to watch this girl grow was just where God has gone, she just blossomed after that, just exploded. That's so, a great story. And it makes that, like, hundred-and-something mile trip, right, a lot easier. Oh, that makes it, it was just, I came home excited. I mean, it just blew up from there. So it was just, that was, that's my favorite story. Love so. it, man. Thanks for listening to After Nine. Join the community and continue the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, or visit afternightministry.com to share your story.